Spread number love all across the globe. It's the Vibe Show. I am your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And tonight, we really got a treat tonight. I'm talking about this one right here. It's special. A lot of people been waiting on it. Spread number love all across the globe. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And tonight, we have a special guest Joining us on the show tonight, this one right here, I'm telling you, is special. What is going on? Here we go. Let's try this again. Spread number love all across the globe. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and we have a special guest joining us on the show tonight. Definitely going to be a treat tonight. I'm talking about comedian, radio personality, actress, franchise owner, ringmaster and 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 was called a beast on the stage the one and only kiana denise no wrong 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 all right. wrong it's the kiana dancy how are you Ooh, the let's get this right the kiana dancy excuse me queen i don't want you to go in on me <laughs> no i ain't gonna go in i'm just gonna be polite and i'm gonna correct you how you doing boo i'm doing i'm doing well i'm doing very well and um i want to thank you so much for allowing us this opportunity everybody's been excited about it and it's going down been, right uh, now they're excited about seeing your girl on the, hearing your girl on the show mm-hmm very, okay, well, very we're excited. Going, we're talking about so look, before we even get started with this though, it's it's definitely like the emails have been crazy, very very crazy. I'm talking about you got some serious serious fans out there. Um, they love you. You know what? I you know I'm so blessed to have. I, I refer to my fans as dancing darlings, and I'm so grateful to have fans who are you know very. Vocals. They miss me. They love me, and I love and miss them too. So I do appreciate that because without my fans, I am nothing. Absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and and you know, I think that it's so important that that you say that and to acknowledge that. You know, because a lot of people, you know, how a lot of people they get they get lost in the sauce and and they forget about the fans, and and the fans are, are the reason why we we doing all of this entertainment stuff. And see, that's the problem. Um, you can't get, you can't let your fans get lost in the sauce because, for, you know, who would you be without them? Right. Really, who would you be? So you can never, or who would I be? And for that matter, who would any of us be? We all have some sort of supporter. We all have a group of cheerleaders. You know, despite what we think, there's, there is some, there's a lot of people rooting for us, although there are people who are rooting against us. But at the end of the day, those who are rooting for us, you need to make sure they know that they're appreciated. Absolutely. All the time. I definitely agree with you on that. Now, born in Cleveland, Ohio, but raised yeah. in Atlanta. So um, would you say most of your growth stemmed from Atlanta or from yes. Cleveland? Yes. Let me, let me explain something to you. I always refer to myself as... A Georgia girl with a Texas heart, and I got Cleveland thug on me. You hear me? So at the end of the day, um, I'm a pretty girl, but I, you know, I can get with you if you step to me. And I love hard and long, and that's where the Texas heart come from. Um, I lived in Texas. 
for um, five years. I actually still have a home there. I love Texas. Um, what's up, H-Town? I born in Cleveland, Ohio, but, you know, my, my immediate family is there. My mom and I moved to Atlanta when I was eight years old. So, to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about Cleveland, Ohio. I always say, I go home, go to Cleveland when people get married or buried. Now, if <laughs> right. you want to see me, I'm going to come. But right. you got to choose for which occasion. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, I just actually left Cleveland. Um, it's funny you brought that up. I just left Cleveland for my family reunion two weeks ago. And it's beautiful. Um, there are places, there's still areas there that are struggling. But Cleveland has come a long way. And it's, it will always, despite me calling Atlanta home, because home is where mama is, Cleveland will always be home. That's right. And you know what? Out there in Cleveland, it, it's also, it, it's a lot of roots out there. A lot of musical roots. A lot of talented people have come from um, Cleveland. Absolutely. Um, so let me just give you some history. So Steve Harvey is from Cleveland, Ohio. Arsenio Hall is from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Kiana Dancy is from Cleveland, Ohio. There's a lot of people from Cleveland, Ohio. And it's one of those things that you was like, I didn't know that person was from Cleveland, Ohio. Right. <laughs> and, you know, LeBron James is from Akron. So it's one of those things that we, you know, Ohio period has with Cat Williams is from Cincinnati. So Ohio Say it again. You got bone thugs out there. Absolutely. So Cleveland, the, the whole state of Ohio has produced some legends, and you know it's a blessing to just be a part of that that um that that repertoire, that that cloth. Right, right. It, it it absolutely is. So like you said, you definitely can't forget about those roots too. And um, I, I just think that um, I, I love, I just love your personality, and I, I love how. It's just your spirit. Your spirit is just, you just have an amazing, amazing spirit. I love it. And that's why I was like, you know what? I have to, I have to have you on my show. I was going to do everything in my power to try to get you on the show because I just appreciate your grind. I appreciate what you bring and, and offer the culture. It's, it's really a blessing. It really is. And you know what? You bless the people, too. And I want to give you a head of, you know, shout out to you because, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes we feel like that we have to be on traditional radio stations to make an impact. And with you being online, you're doing your thing. Because I'll be very honest with you. I've hesitated with starting my own podcast. Now, I've had one in the past way, way before right. um, anybody was even checking for anything online. And I got discouraged, unlike a lot of people who stay you know, held it down and stayed right, right. Um, consistent. Where I walked away because it wasn't doing what I wanted, what I thought it should do in the beginning. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I salute you for just being so steadfast and consistent. And you know, you have a loyal um, listener base, and that too in itself is something to envy. And I respect you a lot for that. And again, I appreciate you even acknowledging me and my hard work because sometimes you feel like you're doing all these things, and I'm sure you have experienced this. Yeah. You're doing all these things and no one's giving you accolades or paying you attention. Like, hey, is anybody out there listening? But well, we see you. You know what? And and honestly, hearing that from someone like yourself, that's really like the ultimate payoff for me. You know, um, I, I do have a fan base that I've grown from nothing. But, you know, and, and I went from having, um, you know, friends and stuff like that to building the brand to what it is right now. We have a, still a long way to go, but have come so far. And to whenever I hear 
things like that from guests that I have on the show, that really, really means a lot to me, and, and it's it's confirmation to me as well. Right, right, and that's the thing. See, in this industry, you know, I always tell people, um, this industry is designed to tell you, and it's designed to tear you down, it's designed to build you up, it's designed to make you feel inferior, it's designed to make you have a big head. At the end of the day, you can't lose who you are in the midst of. Because there will be days when you all, all, I'm talking about all five. You hear uh-huh, me? Uh-huh. You can, there's nothing that anyone can tell you. You can, nothing anybody can do to you to not tell you that you're on top of the world. And the day that that switch, because the universe will turn on you. Yes. This industry will turn on you. You up today and you down tomorrow. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you have to be that same person on top that you are on bottom. And God will continue to bless you. Your people, your real true fans will be there to support you because those same people that you quote-unquote, you know, low-key trying to shade on, uh-huh. on your way, <laughs> those are the same people that you're going to be looking at when you're on the bottom. Same people, exactly. Same people. And you know, you you know, you 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 very outspoken. And, and, and that, that to me, I, I wanted to know was that like your natural personality or, or that's something or a change that comes from um, an experience that you may have experienced? No, actually, I grew up in, a, in an environment that I was um, groomed and encouraged to be who I am. Uh, I was groomed and encouraged to speak my mind. I was groomed and encouraged to say if, I, if something was wrong or something was bothering me, I was in a, an environment as a child to say, hey, this is uncomfortable, I don't like it, this is bothering me, and this is what I want. So, you know, I know <laughs> it's funny because a lot of parents uh, don't raise their kids in an environment where they can be vocal. Right, uh, I'm, right. A, I'm, a, I'm the daddy, this is what it will be, and this is how it goes. Now, exactly. Yes, I have exactly. two black moms, through and through. But my mother also gave me a platform to speak. She gave me the, you know, the ability to, you know, speak my mind. Let's discuss this. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, regardless of what I said, it still was, I'm the mama. This is my decision. You, you, you already so I, know. I had a lot of opportunities to speak up and speak out. Yeah. Now, um, I'll tell you this. There was a time that I felt um, that maybe I shouldn't speak up. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a child molestation survivor, and oh, wow. the person that molested me actually threatened me. He threatened me and my family. What? He threatened me and said that if you say anything about what I have done to you, because it only happened once, I will kill you and your family. Oh, now, anytime you're threatened in that capacity, of course, as a child, and I was only six, um, as a child, it is going to make you, you know, it's going to hinder you. It's going to stunt you. It's going to prevent you from speaking because now that's a different type of pressure. Right. If I speak up about what's happening to me, I am going to, you know, potentially put my family at harm, and, uh-huh. you know, in harm's reach. Right. Well, one day while I was in school, I went to Collinwood Daycare Center in Cleveland, Ohio, and there was an officer that came there. It was a whole, you know, program about being touched inappropriately. If this is happening to you, say something. And I waited until after the class, I mean, so after the, uh, the officer, the, the program was over, and I pulled my um, teacher aside. Her name is Miss Fadia, a Muslim woman. I would never forget her. I actually need to look her up. Um, I told her, I said, hey, this is happening to me. I don't like it. He's threatened my family. I don't know what to do. Right. And immediately, you know, it was swift. It went from, oh, this is a problem. This cannot be. Let's call your mama. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So even then... You know, I hesitated, and, and it wasn't far. It wasn't a long time that I didn't that I kept my mouth shut. But I did 
you know, even in that moment, um, there was a time that I was like, I'm, I'm not sure if I should speak up. But again, I remembered who I was, and right. I knew that, you know, I needed to say something. I, I'm also, um, I went to Catholic school, and so I, I've always been in the light of the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I always say, yeah. I, listen, I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling. Okay, <laughs> right. I cuss and I cuss, and I drink. But yeah. I go through it, but I know what keeps me going daily. So, going to school, I knew that I would be, going to Catholic school, going to church, I knew that I would be protected, and it was nothing bigger than God. Right. So, even to six, I, I pulled my teacher aside and I was like, I got a problem. I need you to help me with it. And I, I got I got what I needed. My mother took care of it. He went to jail. Right. Wow. And and in court, I had to testify. Ooh, you had to go through the whole experience. Huh? Oh, okay. The yeah. whole experience. Yeah. Did that? Um, I know. I know. As as time went on, um, you know, those wounds were healed. Um. Do you think that, that that kind of shaped shaped your mental to um as you got older, like to you know, you, you were more on guard, I'm sure, for certain in certain well, areas? I would say yes and no. And let me tell you the blessing in that is my mother had enough sense to get me counseling. Right. This is what I will tell you. There's a lot of women out here who believe who have been told that their child, their daughters, their sons or whatever are being touched inappropriately but won't do anything about it because they know that it's at the hands of their particular their lover, their boyfriend, their husband exactly. or whoever, right? Right. So they don't say anything. So my mother was the opposite. As soon as I told my mother what was going on with me, there was no question. She immediately went and did what she was supposed to do, got him prosecuted, got him arrested. But more importantly, we didn't do what we need to do for him, to uh -huh. him. Now let me do what I need to do for my baby. That yeah. means put me in counseling. Yeah. I'm an advocate. No matter how much prayer you do, sometimes you just got to sit on somebody's couch and talk to the people about what's going on in your life, what's going on in your world. Because mama, mama can't always fix all your problems. Right. God, ain't gonna, God can fix your problems now, but he also put people in our life that we can vent and express our, and talk, you know, talk to and let them know what's going on. Right. So had my mom and I had enough sense to put me in counseling, I may not have been able to grow up and be a functional adult to have a like have a functional, healthy sex life. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right, I think exactly, it's important exactly. that we address that. Like, I, I, you know, quite often people like to say that, you know, being gay comes from being molested or this and that. I disagree with that. I, if you, I, I think some people are born gay, some people choose to be gay. I don't know. Whatever it is, <laughs> it is. But the point is, however you got exposed to sex, is how you will that will always be your your first experience so if you're a child you're molested and nobody addresses that with some sort of counseling or a, a serious like um uh talk yeah you your interaction with sex will always be some kind of way growing up uh yeah okay now, see I, I, I see what you're saying i, I yeah. wasn't penetrated yeah. but like, I know this conversation is going very, very left, but... It's oh, no, we in there. Uh-uh, 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 don't do that. Uh-uh, be yourself and, and do your thing. Because this, this people, somebody needs to hear this. Like, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't penetrated, but the point is, I still, as a child, I was exposed to sex way too soon. Right. So now my eyes are open, my, my, my quote-unquote innocence has been removed, have been taken from me involuntarily. Right. So, I, what my point is, anytime you think that your child is being violated, whether that is mentally or physically or emotionally, you as a parent are responsible to 
to address that. Uh-huh. And I'm not just saying laying hands on them, putting oil on them, sending them to church, <laughs> putting them in the, you know, in the back room, talking about they'll be okay. No, 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 yeah. no. You need to put that baby in some sort of psychology with on the couch with someone who is capable of having this problem that's bigger than you and him uh-huh. and her. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. And, and, and that right there, that testimony, I'm, I'm more than sure touched somebody out there. So I really appreciate that right there. I really appreciate that. Now, you know, you to me, you're very naturally funny because, you know, you got people that's funny. But you got people that's just born naturally funny. And I simply, I, I, I love you as a person. I love what you stand for and what you about. Was comedy always something that was a plan and a vision for a career for you? Or was it something else before that? So, you know, we always start out doing something different. Um, I went to college. I graduated from Georgia Southern University. First of all, I went to, scholarship, went to school on scholarship, hope scholarship. My education was paid for. Um, I um, graduated with honors. I took the LSAT. I was supposed to go to, L- to law school. Decided I didn't want to go to law school. The only reason why I was thinking um, I was supposed to go to law school because I talked a lot. You know, <laughs> that my nickname as a child was radio. So they used to say all the time, shut that. My grandfather used to say all the time, cut that radio off. And it was radio. because I was... <laughs> yes, I was radio. If you came over to my house, I would entertain you. I got dressed. I put on wigs and makeup and hair and, wow. and glitter and high heels. My mama had high heels, and I would put everybody on the couch, and I would have a fashion show or a talk show and whatever, whatever right. it was. Like, I remember having a, um, uh, I had a, uh, uh, what do you call it? A flea market. I had stuff that I didn't want no more, and I sold it. I, everybody garage said, sale, you're like, talking about the garage sale. Yeah, this sale, is what okay. I could do. So, this what I'm doing is just a natural extension of me. Um, I used to dance with a guy named, and I got to be careful when you say dance, honey. The people think you're stripping. Um, <laughs> and I, and shout out to the strippers out there, baby. Get your money. Um, yeah. <laughs> I used to uh, be an African in an African dance troupe where I danced with a, a man named Chuck Davis out of Durham, North Carolina. And, you know, that I've danced in African um, plays. So I've always been exposed to the entertainment industry. I was a, um, a model. I used to model. I was a catalog girl, honey. What? I, I Jason Come on. Yes. So I've been very busy in the industry. Now, comedy was natural for me because, like you said, I had natural comedic timing. Right. And then it was like, you know, I, I went through a breakup. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you. I was with my ex from 19 years old to 29. I was with the same man wow. for 10 years. I bet okay. you that kind of love. Yeah. So, listen, I love this man. You hear me? I love that man so much. <laughs> I want to marry him on a bike with no socks, sir. Yeah. You know, he could have been riding that bike. Yeah. It's an underwear arm. Balls hitting the ball, but that was my man. I was gonna, I love him. And I still love that crazy man, but I don't want him. But anyway. Right, right. Um, so when I was going through my breakup, because we broke up all the time, so it wasn't just like I was sitting there for 10 years looking crazy, but we broke up all the time, and, you know, people would be like, man, I cannot believe in stories. Because, like, you know, your girlfriends, you tell your girlfriends your stories. Uh-huh. And my stories were so entertaining. My girlfriends was like, girl, if you don't go on stage and tell that. And that's what I did. I went on stage. I told my jokes. I'm sorry, told my stories, and it was one of those things that people, everybody enjoyed them, and I thought, I was like, well, if y'all gonna laugh at my misery, I might as well make some money at it. Exactly. And do, you know, do exactly. this thing. So I won a, co- I won a competition. Um, I beat all the uh, vets in Houston, Texas, because I did the open mics. I won a competition to open up for Cat Williams. 
seven minutes, which mind you, I only have five minutes. Uh-huh. Um, I won a competition to uh, to open up a cat wing, seven minutes, a thousand dollars. I was like, wait a minute. Come on. You mean to tell me somebody gonna pay me a thousand dollars to get them seven minutes of me talking shit? Oh, I got it. So Let's look, that, that that sparked it right there. That sparked it right there. I knew and that's then, right. Well, you know what? Let me take that back because I got to give somebody else some credit. So Monique, yes, the Monique, um, I was, my family and I went to go see her in Houston, Texas at the Improv. Right. And she was, I was in line laughing and joking with my family and I was making everybody laugh, cracking up. And they was like, so she said, who is that making all these people laugh in my line? So, of course, everybody backed up and opened the line up, and it was me. And she said, are you a comedian? I said, no. She said, well, why are you making everybody laugh? I said, well, I'm just naturally funny. <laughs> so, I don't know who you are. I said, well, I don't know. Who, I said, I, she said, you, I don't know who you are. I said, well, I know who you are. I said, but it's fine. So then she was like, um, the next time I come to Houston, Texas, I want you to have told me that you've been on stage. And I was like, what? And she was like, yes. So I was in line waiting on her to autograph my book. Right, right. And she signed the book. She put her phone number in there. She gave me her sister number, Millicent, and said, when I come back, I want you to have been on stage. And when I, I got on stage, that's when I won the contest. I did that. And then I called her. And I was like, hey, I've been on stage. I interviewed her for my, uh, my radio show, which is called Comedy Cocktails. And... I ended up opening for opening for her probably like a year and a half later. How amazing is that? That now, that's what I'm saying. See, like when is that? That was just for you. See, when it's for yeah. you, it's just for you. It's nothing that nobody could do or, or say or nothing like that. When it's for you, it's for you. And that right there was definitely for you. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. That's inspiration. And then the thing is, you also can't be afraid to jump. So there's so many. I've made so many. I was just telling my mother today. I've made so many mistakes. And I like to refer, and quite often, people will say, oh, my God, I made so many mistakes. I made grave mistakes. I made huge mistakes. I made big mistakes. I would never say that I made grave mistakes because grave means you dead. Just right. because you make a mistake don't mean it's over. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, it's yeah. not a mistake. Like, here, it depends on what kind of mistake we're talking about. Right. Now, if I say, when, you know, guys like to say, it was a mistake, I didn't mean to cheat. Well, sorry, that's not a mistake, honey. You don't make a mistake and cheat. Yeah. Okay? But... You can make a mistake, like I made a bad, you know, business investment based on what my information, based on what I was looking at, based on the book, I thought it was a good idea. Well, it was a big mistake, it was a costly mistake, but it wasn't a grave mistake. Because guess what, despite me financially not being where I was prior to the investment, I'm not dead, and I'm not done. Yes. yes. Amen to that. That's what I'm talking. See that 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 type of confidence, bro. You can't buy that type of confidence right there. You can't you can't buy them experiences. That's what I'm talking about. Those but type of things. You gotta be willing to make to take those risks. You gotta right. be willing to jump. You gotta be willing to fail. It's quite often we're too too afraid to jump in, and you know because we're so cautious and we're trying to be so careful. But people who make it, they they're not they're not careful. Right. They're not cautious. They, yeah. They, 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 don't get me wrong, but sometimes, you know, it might, sometimes when they jump, it may not make sense. Right. But you just got to do what you got to do. Right. Because how you ever going to know? And then you'll be one how of them type of people that's know. sitting back like, man, if the, I don't know if it would have worked or not. It would just, you know what I'm saying? You you don't want to be one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yep. 
I'm definitely with you on that. Like I, I I'm I'm one of them one of them uh fearless type of people too, man, who just not afraid to to take those chances because like you say, some of the some of the most successful people out there right now were our risk takers and took those risks and even made mistakes, lost a lot of money, businesses failed or whatever, but guess what? They got back up, dust themselves off and got right back on it again. Listen, Donald filed uh, bankruptcy multiple times. You hear me? Multiple times, which says to me somewhere there was a misstep. Uh-huh. Something, something didn't come together the way that he thought it should come together, so he needed to protect his assets. Right. Here's the reason why we still can't see his taxes, because <laughs> something ain't right on his taxes. You already Here's know. Here's the reason why, he, you know, so we would never know, well, hopefully we would know, but you filed, you know, white people, period, file bankruptcy all the time to protect their assets from mistakes that they may have made. Right. Period. Right. That, yeah. So rich people have lost. Rich people have won and have gained. You will never know what you can have if you don't try. Right. Absolutely. You work with you work with some. Um, you work with and you share the stage with some of the biggest names in the game. Like you know, you name Monique on there's Jay, Bruce, Bruce, Sharon Underwood, Cat Williams, and a whole bunch of other more people. Um, what I want to know is at what point. Um, in your comedy career, where you where you came confident, where you became confident with the stage and working with with the bigger names. Well, you know, in this game, you have to always be ready because you never know when the opportunity or the bones are going to be thrown to you. Like someone can call me today and say, "Hey, Keanu, you're up." But I'm gonna say this: um, I've been blessed with um, amazing, amazing opportunities. Right. So, like when I was out on the road with Earthquake, it was just he and I. I would be out on the road with him, and he literally would leave me on stage until he was ready to go up. That might have been 15 minutes. That might have been an hour and 15 minutes. But Come at the on. end of the day, you do not walk off that stage. I don't care if you set yourself on fire. You got to find something to be funny about and with. Right. Don't walk. And so that put, that, that using that muscle, show, that trained me. And, it, it, and, you know, I always encourage young uh, comics, if you can't do nothing else, host. Because when you are a host, you learn how to control the crowd. Uh -huh. You learn how to maneuver the crowd and manipulate the crowd. Right. You learn how to react when there's a, a heckler in the crowd. There's a lot of things that you learn from hosting. I used to hate having to host because I thought, like, being a host, nobody paying attention to the host. Yeah, host, yeah. the glue. The host makes the show go. If the show, if the headliner fails, guess who got to pick the show back up? If the feature act fails, guess who got to pick the show back up? Mm -hmm. If the opening act ain't about nothing, guess who got to pick the, sh the, ho the show back up? The host. You know so, what you right up. You right about that. You right about that. The hosts do play an intricate part and important role in, in, in everything and that's going on. The show, the show is trash. Right. <laughs> the host can save the show. You ain't never lied and about that. Ruin the show too. Yeah, yeah. Now that is true too. You know, and that's why a lot, a lot of people be real strategic with the type of host that you know. You you got to be careful with the type of host, just because because a lot of people will grab a host just because they got a big name or something like that, just to draw more traffic in. But at the same time, you could get somebody who might not be on on, on that level. You know, as far as according to everybody else, but at the end of the day, they super dope, super funny, and can really control the room at all times. I would rather have and that person. 
Yes, and that's the same thing with the headliners. People are grabbing headliners who have a large following, and no shade to these um to these reality stars. I salute them. They've maneuvered and learned how to work this thing in a way that I have not learned how. Like I am not. I'm still struggling trying to find my way on social media, and here's the reason why I'm not on Sister Circle anymore. Um. My we know we got to talk about that now. Enough, we know we I was told that they wanted to increase the profile of the show, whatever that means, okay? I don't have a million followers. I don't have um, a large social media platform. My social media platform was built on people who are organically with people, with people who love me and generally see me in person and care for me. Right. So it is what it is. Now, there's a lot of social media people out there who have millions and millions of followers. But you book them, they might sell tickets. But if you book them, you're you possibly going to be disappointed because they're not funny right. and they're not ready. No they got that hot 10 minutes or what is it online? Hot two minutes online, Instagram 30 seconds. Yeah. Now you can get, I think, five minutes on um, IGTV. But put them on stage where they got to do a whole 30. Do they got it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Not all. I see, I see what you're saying. You know, I've been, out with, I've been out with Country Wayne. I've been out with Just Hilarious before they had that time. But now they got it. But you got to put yourself in a position where you're using that muscle. Every comedian don't have that. And then just because you got the following, so you get you get the following, they come see you, and then you disappoint them because you don't have no time. Uh-huh. That's a problem. You know what? When it comes down to when it comes down to putting your material together, um, because to me it's, it seems like your your style is more organic, more more you know intricate pieces from your life and, and experiences or, or friends or I just think your 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 style, you know people embrace that. Like, is is any of that as far as putting your 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 material together? How much of it is organic? So the perception is to always look like you're just coming off. You know, you look you're very comfortable. You're very organic. The the perception is to look like you're not rehearsed. Mm -hmm. So although my set is written and it looks like that, oh, like dang, she just came off of, off the dog. No, I write jokes. So you know, that's the art. And that's the that's the that's the vet in me that has learned to look like I've been doing you know that I just came out you know off the dome with it, but it's actually something that I've written that's been twerked, it's been worked, it's been maneuvered so that it can work a certain way on stage. Right, right, absolutely. But, but yes, a lot of my material, most of my, well, all of my material is about me um, or some sort of experience that I've been through. I always say that you know. If you're out with me, and we're, um, like if you date me, I'm going to use something that we've been through together, but I'm, I'm not going to use your name. Right, right. And and, and, that, and I'm, I, that, that person is going to know. That person is going to know. Yeah, but I ain't going to use your name for a bit after film. Yeah, yeah. Let me, you know, now, in, 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 in 2008, you were featured on um, the hit TV One show, Who Got Jokes? Um, and you did yeah. that. You did that with Bill Bellamy. Um, how did how did how did that opportunity come about? Well, you know, a lot of these shows you have to audition for. So I actually auditioned for Who's Got Jokes. Uh, and, and you know, one thing which I wanted really, really bad. I always wanted to do um, Comic View, but Comic View, I never got the chance to do Comic View. So mm -hmm. I ended up doing a competition show, which was 
Schools got jokes. Um, and it was great. You know, I didn't win the show, but it was an amazing experience to be on the show with Bill Bellamy and to be at that level. For me, even though I didn't win, it still said the IOI because they didn't pick everybody. Anytime you get an opportunity to be amongst other people who had the audition and you made it, it yeah. still says something about your talent. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that right there is um that was impressive right there too. And and I, I, I enjoyed you on that. Now, your your career has grown so much and um to the point to where you've even done film as well. And has that always been like a part of the vision to um a part of your vision to master multiple crafts? Because you wear a lot of hats. You're not just a comedian. You do so many other yes. things, too. Uh, you know, the goal is to never be stagnant. Um, if you're only a comedian, you're not doing something right. You don't want to just be a comedian. You want to, you know, grow. You want to, I want to produce. I want to, um, you know, I want to create content. I want to have a radio show. Now, I, you know, there's things I feel like, ooh, I'm moving a little slow with. But it takes time, and you take your time doing the things that you want to do. You know, sometimes, you know, creative juices don't flow in all the same directions, so you might it might take you a little longer to do certain things. But my goal, I own a production company called 3D Media Entertainment Group. Mm -hmm. We are always looking for content. We're always looking to produce a, um, you know, a movie, a, a TV series or something, because that's really where the money is. Um, if you think uh, someone like a, I don't know, a Steve Harvey makes good money, Imagine the person that wrote Steve Harvey's check. You understand what I'm saying? Right, so right. that's why you want to get behind the camera to produce, to you know, to own the content. They always tell artists to own your masters, and it's a reason behind that. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't own your masters, who own you? Man, I know that's right. That's real. Let's talk about let's let's talk about that a little bit for the listeners or whatever. Can we can we can we talk about that? Can you drop a few nuggets about owning your own um, content? Well, these days people are getting booked based on content. They're getting booked on, you know, how many followers they have. So, you know, the thing is, um, if you own it, you're more you're able to write the check. The right. check can be as big as you want it to be because you can put it in places where, like, I got an email the other day. They were asking me about. Like, if I own Sister Circle, that would be amazing because people in Africa want to buy episodes of it. Are you not my serious? Not my program. Right. But if it was, it has legs all over the world. So, you know, the thing, so that's what it is. You want to create content because unlike, despite what people think, Brown is in. People want to see our faces <laughs> all over the world. Yeah. So, so you know, in Africa, in Europe, in Italy, like everywhere, you know, Australia, That's what I, I, and, and, and that's that's so important to all the listeners out there. Um, you you you've heard it directly, and um, take really take heed to that because owning your own masters creating right now. You know we we're all creating our own content. You know and 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 it's very very important to have that ownership 
to be able to, you know, receive all, all of the fruits. We can get all of the fruits right now because right now we writing our own content, creating our own, put publishing our own stuff, putting our stuff out there. It's just amazing um, with having the, the way that uh, social media, you know, to me, you know, it's like a gift and a curse too because it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's used for a lot of bad stuff as well, but it's also a great uh, platform to be able to promote uh, market your product, uh, put your content out there. I mean, people people are getting at, getting deals right now off of right. off of, off of this, the content that they're putting out. Right. It's just amazing. Now, right. You like I said, and I always go back to this. Now, you know, you have a very, and I think this is one of the um, one of the great things about you. Too. You have like this drawing spirit about you, where you just mm -hmm draw people in because you have a, a great personality now not to mention on top of that we can't get off of this show without talking about style now because fashion we got to talk about that i want to ask you too because you are a very fashionable person i want to ask you is there a vision for some sort of fashion line or a or, or perfume line or something i can see that with you so let's start. Yes, so I have a lot of different things going on right now. Um, I'm a, as you mentioned, I'm a franchise owner. I am a cell phone repair store owner. That is, it's called CPR, cell phone repair. I'm one of four black women that owns in the company. One of the second women that owns in the company is my mother. So my mother and I are both partners in this business. One of the reasons why we bought into this business is because, first of all, I broke my phone three times last year. <laughs> and every time I broke my phone, that was over $300 to get the screen replaced. Right. But, and also, I wanted to be in a position where I can sow a seed, again, when I say on your masses, sow a seed and eat the harvest. I don't want to have to always relate, rely on someone else to feed me. Because at the end of the day, if you control your future, if you do something about growing your future, you will be good. Now, it, always, it might not always feel like you're doing the right thing or making the right decision or planting the seed in the right place. At the end of the day, you have to make a decision that you're going to at least try. Right. So, as there, in, in my business, we know, you know, everybody always want to be mobile. Our slogan is, we save your mobile life. If you don't have your phone, we can't talk. We can't, I, I can't eat. Um, I can't sleep now on my phone. Listen, right. I can't order food. I can't call my boy. I can't get on my Instagram. My whole life shuts down if my phone is not working, right? Right. So, my store is located in Duluth, 2200 Duluth Highway, Duluth, Georgia, and we will be open in approximately 60 days. We're in the middle of the build-out right now, so it's a brand-new store, beautiful location, live, work, play. So I'm excited about that. But more importantly, I'm excited to say that I'm one of four black women that owns in the company. Come on. Um, I have a movie coming out. That's uh, and I'm that's a big about. deal because when I go to my owners meeting, you you do know they ask me how I got into this business because there's no in in this market there's not in my market in Atlanta Georgia there's no black owners so we are um, minority in, 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 in the Atlanta? majority in the city that we are the majority you see, in, in Atlanta in Atlanta there's no black owners in this particular franchise wow. So, and, you know, it's, and it happens like that. Black folks sometimes don't think to put their money in tech or black folks got their money in other places. But I'm, I'm encouraging us that we find somewhere, to, a place to put our money because we need to have and own our own. We can't keep relying on people to make sure that we eat good. Right. We can't. 
Right. And we're going to also learn to support each other. So right now that's been my focus. I have a a movie coming out on August 16th called Sex Puppets with Marlon Wayans. Um, That was an amazing experience. Um, I'm super excited. I played a prison guard in that movie with him. And then I have... um, Another TV series coming out is called Fifth Ward. It's based on Houston, on UMC. So I'm doing a lot of different things. I'm working on a reality project. So right now my hands are really, really tied up with all the things that I'm currently working on. But a fashion line, I definitely, um, if before fashion, it probably would be a hair or lip gloss. You know the typical. Because yeah. the girls, stay, her lips stay greasy and her hair stays done. So it might be a hair and a lip gloss line before an actual fashion line. Okay, now, I, I, and, and you know what? I didn't even think about the hair now because that right there, now I definitely, definitely can see that right there for sure. You know what I'm saying? You know, guys are always talking about, why don't you grow your own hair? Listen, I do. I, I grow my own hair, and if you're my man, you will see it. But here's the thing that sellers don't get, and here's the thing that people don't understand. For those who don't wear weaves or wigs, you will never understand, for, specifically for a person that's in the entertainment industry, how you always got to be ready. It's so much easier to do a wig or a weave than it is to do a natural hairstyle. Or, if, you know, if you have to be on set 5 o'clock in the morning, yeah. then you're in a, a lot of really humid city. It's tough sometimes to do with natural hair. Now, natural sisters, don't get on me. You know your struggles, and I got my own. I'm natural up under <laughs> my wig, but y'all would never see that. Right. But I would say, like, my cornrows, honey, my cornrows struggle sometimes. So it's easier for me to grab a wig. And, you, uh, and, and my man, I don't have one, but my man likes it, honey. When I have a man, he likes it. I could be brunette today, blonde tomorrow, red on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I switch it out. He ain't got a cheat, because I'm going to be every woman he wants. Now, 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 see, now that's yeah. I, 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 I get that, and I, I don't, I don't, you know, and I don't have a problem with it, and I definitely understand. Um, I definitely understand when you're in the entertainment business and you on the go and you got to be moving around, and and you know you got to you, you know you don't have time to sit down and, and and really just you know perfect your perfect your hair and get your hair right. Sometimes you know it's, it's easy to grab that wig and just roll on out. I definitely get it. I definitely get it. Have you, I mean, do do you wear your wig? Okay, let's just say like you, you. Do I wear my wig today? Yes. No. Okay. No, by the time, like if, I, if me and my man, we, listen, why am I myself that food or not? <laughs> well, by the time I get to the point and I take my wig off, because I got hair. <laughs> so by the time I get to the point and I take my wig off in front of my man, mm-hmm. I'm we together. Like, oh, you ain't going nowhere. It. You just see me and my edges, uh, sir. I get it. But, you know, if you just like, I mean, I'm not a casual girl, but if you were a dude and you just casually dating him, you know, you might not want to expose yourself that like that to him. Yeah, he might not want to let you know his ball don't hang all the way low. So, you know, you ain't got there with him, he ain't got there with you. Yeah. So until y'all comfortable with each other, because here's the thing I always say, you got to own your flaws. Some women, and see, black women, our hair, a lot of times, suffer. when we're stressed or we're going through something, it will come out in our skin, our weight, and our hair. Mm-hmm. So if we, if, we, if we are wearing protective styles like braids, if they're too tight, our hair can fall out. Y'all think, I mean, a lot of times people who don't understand black hair think, are we just, our hair, you know, sometimes we do, we, our hair just don't grow sometimes at the rate that a Caucasian woman hair grows. Right. We suffer from alopecia, which means alopecia causes our hair not to grow at a certain rate. It falls out. It don't grow back. Um, chemicals, relaxers, perms, braids, stress, 
your man, your baby, your job, all these things wear and tear on our hair. Yeah. So, and it's not as our hair because our hair grows out coily or curly or nappy, however you want to refer to it. It don't just pop up like these white girls' hair. White girls' hair, they probably grow two inches a month. Well, us, we gonna, we going to struggle. Some of us might get a half an inch in six months. So, you know, we our struggles are a little different. So, you know, all of that, why don't you just wear your natural hair with surf? You don't know what it is sometimes to wear a natural, our natural hair. I'm talking about natural hair out the root. Sometimes that's a real struggle. And if you, if you don't love me less because I don't love my hair and because I don't um, wear my real hair, you really didn't love me at all. Right, right. I agree. I agree with you. It's about the hair. It's about the heart. Now, whatever my struggles is, maybe I'm having a struggle with my hair. Maybe I hate my hair. Okay, well let's address that too. But yeah, come on, dude. By the time I take my wig off, we go together, and you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> So when the wig come off, so when the wig come off, we go together. That's that. That's it. We that's committed. Around. That's it. We are committed. You know this. You see my edges and all my all this. My, my four five pieces of gray hair, shiny. We go together. Wow. You know what? You are so amazing. I'm serious. You are so 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 amazing. Now you know I I, I gotta ask you about this um celebrity ringmaster thing now uh, this circus thing now was this the actual circus? Yes, you, uh, this is the uh, Universal. Now, the thing about it is, I didn't even know, I had never been to the Universal, so I didn't know what to expect. I, I thought these people were going, um, uh, I don't know, I, I never been to the Universal, so I didn't know what kind of circles it was going to be, but it was amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had, yeah. like, real tigers, real elephants, it was dope. So I was the first female celebrity yeah, let's let's, let's make sure we let's make sure we say that again now. I was the first celebrity female ringmaster. Okay then, all right then. Let's put that out there. We need to make sure we highlight that so everybody know that the first, not the second, the first. And that and and you say that it was a wonderful experience though. It was, and they were lovely. I actually know the family, which is crazy, because, you know, sometimes you be like, how do you know? Like, you know so many different type of people, but you, you never know that you know somebody that owns a circus. You know right. what I mean? So, right. yes, I did. I do know some the family um, that owns the circus, and they're very loving, good people. So it was, <laughs> excuse me, it was good, a great experience, and they were very, very, very fun to be around. Absolutely. Now, we, we before we wrap up, um, I want I want to allow you the opportunity to be able to give you shout outs right quick and then we um we can put those social platforms out there. So you can everybody can follow me. I'm the same on all things social. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. My website is available for booking. Um I am Kiana K I A N A. Last name is D A N C I E. That is actually my real name. My grandfather is a DNC. If you um Ever meet another dancy? D A N C I E. She or he is my cousin. My grandfather went to the military and they changed his name and he never moved, changed it back. So I think originally it was D A N C Y. But the man said he wasn't going back for no Y. It's a dancy and he cool with that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, uh, make sure y'all follow me. I got a lot of amazing things happening. Um, you just watch out for me on your TV coming soon. I'm gonna be on the movies. I got a lot of amazing things. So y'all make sure y'all check out your girl. Like we didn't touch talking about Sister Circle and all those things, but I promise you, I will come back and I'll hang out with you again. I'm serious now. I'm not playing. I'm gonna harass you. I, I, we got to do that now. 
<laughs> and look, right, right, right before we before we get out of here, um, I always ask my guests this at the end of the show: Can you drop some words of inspiration for anybody that's inspiring to follow your footsteps or, or trying to get into the entertainment business or on any type of level or whatever? Can you drop any type of words of inspiration on them? Absolutely. I would say this. First of all, never make a mistake to follow my footsteps. My footsteps are my own. Create your own lane. Stay in your own lane. And write, listen, own your flaws so you can write your laws. You are not perfect. No one else is. She might look perfect, but I promise you, when her titties sit lower than the other, her eyes look hot. Everybody that you look up to in the industry have a flaw. Everybody. There's something wrong with everybody on this planet Earth. God do not make perfect people. I, I always say God is, God is perfect. Okay, but he don't make perfect people. I think he, you know, he get a little sleepy sometimes. Y'all be seeing people say, "Oh, she beautiful, but her teeth a little small." Oh, she handsome, but his arms too short. God did not make perfect people. So stop looking up, stop idolizing people. Look in the mirror, own your flaws, so that nobody can make you feel less than. Because of anything you feel some kind of way about, either own it or fix it. Don't let nobody make you feel less because you don't like something about you. Now you gotta love yourself. Don't fix it because somebody else don't love it. You hear me? Don't fix it because somebody else don't love it. You take care of it because you don't love it. And also, in this industry, you are going to be tore down. You're going to hear more no's than you hear yeses. But you always are probably five no's before you get that yes. If you want it, do not give up. No matter what that is, whether that's the industry, whether you want to be a ball player. Now, a ball set player, you do have a shelf life. But, you know, you keep going until you can't go no more. But never give up on your dreams. You cannot give up on your dreams. You got to push. You got to knock down every door. And every no that you get, you say, that no ain't for me and go get your yes. Thank you so much, my queen. Once again, um, can we put your uh, social platforms out there so everybody can make sure that they follow you? Hey, hey, hey. Make sure you follow your girl at Kiana Dancy. It's K-I-A-D-A-N-C-I-E. It's Kiana Dancy. Check me out. I'll follow back, y'all. Listen, uh... If the people out there trying to be me, if she don't got these big old eyes and this big old gap in her teeth, it ain't me. Absolutely. I love you, Queen. I can't wait for you to come back on here wishing you more blessings and more success in everything that you do. Thank you. I appreciate you, sweetie. Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King, with my special guest, Kiana Dancy. We are out.